Fun show for you today on Tuesday, June 19th. What's going on, everybody? Kreef is out of town. Those two jokesters are at some conference somewhere in the middle of the country. Scott and White are, Scott White and I, excuse me, are keeping it coastal here on the East Coast. And we are coming at you with an edition of Fantasy Baseball today that will have some fantasy regulating later on. Scott White, question for you to start the show. Are you now ready to admit, given what's happened over the last few days, that Trevor Bauer is the second best Cleveland starting pitcher? He is not the Cleveland starting pitcher I ranked the second highest, no. Oh, I have are you him ready? In my top 20. Are you ready to move him up ahead of Carrasco? No. Come on, no. he's on the DL. Carrasco's really good. He's not on the DL for long. He'll be uh, fine. All right. You know who's really good? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer's really good. <laughs> really good. He is. He is. He's, he is really good. Yeah. All right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, Carrasco's done it for a full season for like four straight seasons. And I don't see any too much reason to be discouraged about what's done this year. So I maintain Carrasco over Bauer. All righty. All righty. So Bauer, I wish he wouldn't do so well. I'm trying to trade for him, actually, in a league in which I have Chris Sale. Uh, I'm going to try to give up Sale and get Bauer and something else in return. But now it's going to get hard because Bauer is the number eight starting pitcher in fantasy. And we, in fact, had three of the top eight starting pitchers go yesterday in fantasy. Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom. Colorado was no match. Coors Field was no match for him. Uh, and, of course, Trevor Bauer. We also had Zach Greinke we'll talk about. Miles Michaelis did not have a great start. But we got to start with the big news, and that is... There is no closer to pick up in the Kansas City bullpen, uh, as Scott, no. Scott and I discovered yesterday. But Kelvin Herrera is a national, and and uh, they have confirmed Sean Doolittle. In fact, they, they told him in the middle of the game, you are still the closer. So don't worry, Sean Doolittle owners, although it's never good to have tough competition in case he struggles. But Doolittle is going to be the closer. Kelvin Herrera is droppable, I assume, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't be bad to have him in, in deeper leagues where saves are scarce. It wouldn't be bad if you're the Doolittle owner to keep Herrera on hand. Herrera was having a good season, of course, 105 ERA, .82 with the Royals. Uh, but it's nothing compared to the season Sean Doolittle's having. 147 ERA, .55 whip, 12.6 strikeouts per nine innings for Doolittle. Herrera's strikeout rate's actually pretty low, so his... ERA um, doesn't seem sustainable, but with 43 strikeouts to three walks this year, Sean Doolittle has a 1.62 FIP, which you hardly ever see a FIP that low. Usually, if an ERA's you know in the in the ones like that, um, it's it's just it's it's hard to do that legitimately, you know, in a way that the yeah. peripherals back up. But Sean yeah. Doolittle is. Yep, he he is awesome. And, uh, Doolittle's got that job on lock. And, uh, yeah, so really there's, there was nobody, cause I called Scott when I heard the news, cause I was watching the Nationals game, and the news came in, and I said, Scott, that, Kelvin Herrera's about to get traded to the Nationals. We're in that 16 team league. We only have one true closer, who by the way didn't get the save last night, Brad Boxberger. Probably unavailable. And, um, let's pick up somebody on the Royals. And we kind of looked at the bullpen and we said, you did, it's okay. We'll pass. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, they're, they're like, it's, it's a terrible bullpen. It's one of the worst. It, it's probably the worst bullpen in baseball now that Herrera's not there. And there's just 
such, there, there's nobody who stands out to the point that I think it'll probably be a committee and a really bad one at that because the Royals aren't winning many games. So, yeah, we decided to pick up nobody in that 16-team league. Like, Kevin McCarthy's a right-hander, so that might give him the leg up, but he's he's not good. His right. K per nine is like 5.3 or something like that. So is it's, that is that the one name you throw out there for uh for five point six? Let's say yeah, yeah, I mean, Tim Hill has a good strikeout rate and a good FIP, not a good ERA, but he's a left-hander who's been used, you know, for one to get one out here, two out there. Uh, Brandon Maurer has some close experience, but he's been terrible. Okay, so it's know. not very exciting. <laughs> And and now you yeah. got to start thinking about who's next because this is what happens with closers on bad teams, and we're in this era of super teams and super bad teams. You look at the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Indians are certainly have certainly come around. I mean, these teams are on an incredible pace. The, the Astros have now won twelve games in a row. Um, you know, I don't know the records off the top of my head in the National League, but I know obviously the Nationals aren't even in first place. The Dodgers have been disappointing. Uh, the Brewers, I believe, have the best record. I don't know. If, I don't know if they have a super team right now in the NL, but but uh, it is sort of a you know a different closer landscape. You got you got uh, you got to worry about guys getting traded off of these bad teams because teams are just in rebuild mode. So yeah, who, mm. who do you think is that? I mean, we saw Calvin Herrera coming. I, don't, I think everybody did, and we said this. You know, you got to be careful if you have the Calvin Herrera owner. You're going to lose your closer. Um, I don't know who's next. I mean, I I am worried about Keone Kella. For a few reasons. I actually don't think he's going to get traded, but he's gotten a lot of saves and he hasn't blown one. He's been pretty good for the price tag for sure, Since considering we didn't even know he was the closer when we were drafting, you know, Keone Kella. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're necessarily going to trade him, but I do think they're going to trade Hamels, and I, I, I do think uh, they're going to trade anything they've got and become a pretty bad team at some point. So that's going to hurt him. Uh, are there any names that jump out at you guys that are going to get moved? Specifically, ones who could get traded. Yeah. I mean, Joaquim Soria is a good candidate. Not that we've been particularly reliant on him so far this year. Uh, I would think, depending on how the Mets season goes, Jay Reese Familia is in play for that. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, the, there was actually he, a report if, that they're 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 about to be sellers. Yeah. If he if he turns things around himself. Rysel Iglesias has been brought up as a trade possibility both this offseason and I believe around the deadline last year. Uh, let's see here. Brad Hand? I, I actually think uh, I, I'd be surprised if Brad Hand got traded because they just signed him to a long-term deal. And, and while you could argue that gives him more trade value, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd just be surprised. All right. And, and I think Vasquez, uh, too. For Maybe. Uh, I, he got a long term. Both deal of them too. got signed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not ruling it out that either of them gets traded. I, I, yeah, yeah. All right, so keep an eye on it. Could happen if Hector Neris got sent to the minors. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez was unavailable yesterday, so they turned to Victor Arano, who actually struck out three batters in two thirds of an inning, but blew the save. I actually don't quite think it was a blown save. Um. But, uh, yeah, he gave up two runs. Now, he, I think he had a strikeout that should have ended the game. It got by the catcher, and the inning was extended. But anyway, 
Uh, Dominguez, as Scott said, is the best guy to own in the Phillies bullpen. He was unavailable yesterday. I'm trying to look up. I don't know if you can do this, but um, there's a team in our podcast league. I'm having an issue with my crappy computer, as always. A team in our <laughs> podcast league, Scott, drafted Kimbrell and Chapman, I think. And okay. I want to know if you can look up how they're doing. Because it is a pretty interesting strategy now with such an elite tier at the top of, of closers. Kimbrell and Jansen. Kimbrell and Jansen. They draft. Right. the drafted. Yeah. They are, they're eight and three. They're having a good year. Yeah. They also have Scherzer. That helps. Um, and they have Jose Ramirez. You uh, know, those, those are, are, those are early picks. I Jose mean, Ramirez is actually their only Standout hitter, really. The, uh, their second best hitter is Kris Davis. Third is probably Xander Bogarts. And then after that, again, we're talking a league where there's only nine hitter spots to fill. So, you know, every, every hitter spot is more consequential. Uh, so it goes Ramirez, Kris Davis, Xander Bogarts, and then probably Corey Dickerson, Max Muncy. Like wow. that's, that's what the lineup looks like, and they're eight and three. How many points? Not a great have they pitching scored? staff either. <laughs> have, have they scored a lot of points, or are they just getting lucky? Um, because because they have the I, number three and number eight closers or RPs in points leagues in Kimbrel and Kenley Jansen. Jansen's obviously got off to that terrible start, and he's been much better since. They have scored the third most points. Wow! There is kind of a clutter around them, like. The guy who scored the most is a distant first, and then second is kind of a distant second. And then there's like a cluster of four teams that are next, and this team is among those four teams. And how is the— uh, He scored between the third most points and the sixth most points. How is Breakfast of Champions doing in the league? Breakfast of Champions is first place overall. That's the one with the most points and the best record. They have Edwin Diaz and and, uh, Wade Davis. Edwin Diaz and and Wade Davis, they have two top ten— Closers. So the two Which, teams, I mean, Wade Davis slipped a lot recently. Yeah. But Edwin Diaz has been, as we talked about yesterday, he scored a ton of points. The two teams in our podcast points league, which starts two RP spots, you know, you can start a, a RP eligible starting pitcher there. Uh, the two teams that have two top ten closers are first and third overall right now. Pretty interesting. All right, more news. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw could return this weekend. Carlos Carrasco has no structural damage. He also... Um, doesn't have Trevor Bauer strikeouts or innings. Elvis Andrews returned. Uh, so this was kind of interesting. Andrews is back. He batted second. He went 0 for 3. He scored a run. He walked twice. Elvis Andrews only played 15 games. He has 10 walks to two strikeouts. I had completely forgotten about his plate discipline because he'd been gone for, you know, two months or almost two months. Uh, this is a guy who usually walks 50 times in a full season as 10 walks in 15 games. Shinsu Chu led off, and he continues to hit pretty well. Jerks and Profar batted fifth and played second. Rugnet Odor sat, and Delano to Shields batted ninth, and he went two for four with an RBI and a strikeout. So Andrews back. It's as of in one game. It's bad news for Odor. It's bad news for DeShields. It's worse news for Odor since he sat, but we'll we'll monitor that situation. Juan Soto is so good he homered before he was even in the big leagues. <laughs> he hit a home run yesterday in the uh, resumption of the suspended game, which officially the, happened before he was called up. And the internet exploded. Yeah, sure did. And <laughs> yeah. just so you know, the stats do not count. Uh, they are out of the time frame for a stat correction, so they don't count. 
They might count in season-long Roto. I am checking on that. I hope to hear back on that before the end of the podcast. I will let you know. Yeah, I, Please I'm not us. I'm not sure. Um, and I wish that I feel like I probably should know, but I don't. The, the only way I could see them counting is uh, the stats would count from whatever per- people you had, whatever of those players in that game you had in your lineup from, you know, May 15th. Um, because, you know, in, in head-to-head leagues, obviously, if you, you go back and change the scores from May 15, whatever week that is, week 7, I think, that would, like, change records, potentially, and that's not a good idea. But right. in Roto Leagues, it wouldn't. So it might. I'm not, I'm not sure. But that's all. And so probably Juan Soto's home run's not going to count because you probably didn't have him in your lineup back then. Shohei Otani is going to be reevaluated in two to three me- weeks. The Angels are optimistic right now. Boo! Brian McCann has started four of the last five games for Houston. We want Max Stassi in there. Hooray! Tom Murphy started again for Colorado. We want Tom Murphy in there. Uh, we saw on Twitter, I'm not sure this is true, but it might be true. Mike Trout has not gone more than two straight games without reaching base since 2012. Do you think that's true? Well, he, he linked to the, uh, the uh, he you know the the Reddit, um, right? it was a play Reddit index thread. on Baseball Reference. Oh, okay. That seemed to indicate this. That's amazing. So yeah, that's that's his whole career. No more than two straight games without reaching base. That's unbelievable. Is it his whole career? Or is it after his like failed rookie audition? I think it was since he became a regular in 2012. I don't. Know, it might have been his whole career. That's amazing. Uh, no more than two straight games without reaching base for Mike Trout. Uh, also Let me look amazing. At 2011. Uh, the Mets scored 12 runs yesterday. That's more than they scored in the previous eight Jacob deGrom starts combined. They are ready to sell, and the Yankees and the Mariners are interested in adding Jay Happ. And I am interested in adding Kevin Kiermeyer in a five outfield the Roto League. In fact, I did add him, put him on my DL, and he is scheduled to return today. So uh, that was nice. I drafted him, got nothing. I dropped him, and I was able to pick him up when he went uh, last week. So I'm the best. Now let's go to some emails. I want to hear from the Looks people Looks like today. 2012, like you said. Not not his whole career, but okay. since his first full season, his rookie season. Mike Trout. Uh, email of the day number one is from James. Subject is worryometer on Charlie Blackman. No steals and one home run over the past month. Scott, what's your worryometer on Blackman, who is the 13th best outfielder in points, 10th in Roto so far this year? My worryometer is like a zero. Like, is he going to be as good as last year? Probably not, but it was fair to assume that anyway, considering it was a career best season. I mean, you just said it. He's still a top 10 outfielder in both formats. Uh, I dropped him below JD Martin, uh, JD Martinez. I dropped him and Bryce Harper both below JD Martinez, but that still puts them, I think, fourth and fifth in my outfield rankings. Fifth or fifth and sixth, something like that. Okay, I'm I'm not worried at all. Blackman has struggled at home. That's why I'm not worried. He has two home runs at home, and they've still he still has played 11 more road games than home games. But that it's just not going to stay that way. He's going to hit at home. Last 33 games, Blackman has a 6.96 OPS. Nothing super alarming though, and he has scored 22 runs in those 33 games, so that kind of saves him. Email of the day number two is from Ryan. Are there any prospects who could come up that have a chance to steal some bases, uh, kind of like Trey Turner in 2016? Any prospects that could steal bases? And I'll just say Heath mentioned him yesterday, but uh, Ad- Adalberto Mondesi for the 
Royals could help you with that. Scott, any any prospects that could give you some steals? If Kyle Tucker gets called up for the Astros outfields, you know, he could potentially be like a 20-steal guy. If you're looking for like a big number of steals, obviously those players are not so common in today's game. That's what kind of made Trey Turner so special. Uh, but another outfielder in the Astros organization has been doing interesting things in the minors. Miles Straw is his name. Like, I drank through a straw. Miles Straw. He has Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> what was that? Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Well, it could sound like Strom or whatever, but oh. it's Straw. Straw. And uh, between AA and AAA this year, he has 39 steals in 45 attempts. And the most interesting part is he he, had, he reaches base at a 417 clip. He for his entire minor league career he's reached base at a 404 clip. So he has no power, which you don't expect that kind of player to find a regular spot in today's game. But the Astros have been fill left field and he gets on base a lot. So that I think gives him a chance. Though obviously he's not the caliber of prospect Kyle Tucker is, and so maybe he never gets his chance. All right, let's go to uh, the standouts. We read email of the day number three at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. Also, we've got Grade the Trade coming up. You'll find out what song I'm using today for Grade the Trade. We got regulators. We got a lot of your emails, fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. But uh, Monday standout, Nate and Philly says, Dear Uncle Adam and friends, Nick Pavetta, 13 Ks, that is all. My goodness. Pavetta <laughs> is 82% on. His, th- his four starts before... No, his three starts before yesterday, he gave up 13 runs in 14 innings. Yesterday, he struck out 13 Cardinals, did give up two solo homers in seven and a third, 21 swinging strikes. Boy, this guy is a roller coaster, Nick Pavetta. Yeah, but that three-start stretch, I understand the ERA is close to nine during that, but how many, how many pitchers have we seen, like, when it goes wrong, it's like seven earned runs in two and two-thirds innings, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't like, this disastrous stretch that raised red flags and made us stop trusting him. I think he's, I mean, with this start, he's moved into my top 50 starting pitchers. Oh, and top 50? Uh, That's totally fair. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I just wonder if he's gonna be consistent. He and Velasquez are similar. I mean, they've got good stuff. They, they give you spurts. I think Nick Pavetta is definitely better. Oh, it's, a, it's a better secondary pitch, a better breaking ball. And uh, those generally rack up the swings and misses more. Uh, I would like, first of all, the base numbers as they are for um, Pavetta. It'd be better if he had a, you know, he's four and six, so that that kind of skews things a bit. You could have, could easily have a better win loss record than that. But 408 ERA, 119 WHIP, 10.7 Ks per nine. That's good enough on its own. He has a 314 FIP. So the, the strikeout to walk ratio specifically, uh, the fact he's not only getting these strikeouts, but he's not walking many hitters bodes well, obviously. I, I think he's must own. I think he's a little less than must start, but there's no shame in starting him in a one start week. Nick Pavetta or John Gray? Pavetta. Nick Pavetta or Jake Arietta? Arietta. Although Pavetta, I think, has more upside at this stage of his career. Who else stood out to you on Monday? Matt Carpenter. No, not yet. We're going to get to him. Nope. 
nope. You oh, can't, you not can't yet. steal from Let's my segment. about him yet. No, we have a crazy okay. Cardinals or a confusing Cardinals segment. All right, how about Brandon Nimmo? Brandon Nimmo, two home runs, one of them inside the park. He was at Coors Field. I, I see a lot of good things, but I gotta mention the strikeouts again. He had two strikeouts yesterday. In June, he has five walks, 24 strikeouts. Ordinarily, we wouldn't, uh, we'd be a little wary of a guy like that. So, just wondering where you're at on Brandon Nimmo. I think it's reasonable to question whether or not he's going to be much help in batting average. But he is such a good on base guy that I, I don't know that it matters so much for his overall uh, relevance in fantasy. There's enough power there. He's going to score a good, a high number of runs, batting high in the Mets order, and getting on base that often. And I, I think he's really good. One stat I saw somebody tweet out yesterday that kind of puts it in perspective. This is from Anthony DeComo of MLB.com. There are five players in the MLB with at least 12 home runs and an OPS over 1,000 this year. They are Mike Trout, J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Brandon Nemo. So he's like a top five player for you. <laughs> no, but he's must own. Would you rather have Nemo or Schwarber? Nemo. Would you rather have Nemo or Corey Dickerson? That's so easy, right? It's Nemo. Yeah, it's got to be Nimmo. Yeah. Um, Nimmo or Brett Gardner? Nimmo. All right. Tweet of the day comes from Matthew Fox. I think you guys missed a weekend standout. Michael Conforto. He has made an adjustment, and he did uh, – did he homer yesterday? He had a good game. I don't think he homered. But uh, it was in Coors Field. But last six yeah, games – three hits, two doubles, a stolen base. Conforto seven for 20. With two home runs, five RBIs, four of them came in one game. Conforto is 71% owned. He has six walks to one strikeout uh, in uh, in his last six games. And thank you, Matthew, for uh, sending us the article about the adjustment he made. He was swinging too early, apparently, so he's changing his swing. Uh, would you rather have Michael Conforto or Brandon Nimmo? I'd rather have Nimmo, but that's interesting for Conforto. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty clear now. Once Cespedes comes back, which by the way, he has no timetable, so it's not like we're on the verge of that happening. But if it happened today, gotta think Jay Bruce would be the odd man out. Uh, I think he's gonna go on the DL. I, they had said it's a possibility for Bruce. He's sat like four of the last six games or something like that, and I don't know if he's gonna go on the DL because Cespedes isn't quite ready yet. Actually, Cespedes, like you said, there's no timetable. Cespedes is having a very slow recovery. But yeah, I, I don't know that Bruce has, maybe put him at first or something, but yeah, I mean, he's got that plantar fasciitis. You gotta think that's impacting his performance. Cause we just, he's usually so consistent from year to year, not necessarily week to week, but year to year. Yeah, yeah. Seven, Numbers seven are always year. there. Well, I'll tell you what's also consistent. SeatGeek is extremely consistent. Anytime you want to go to a game or a concert or comedy or theater, Foo Fighters are on tour. That's all I'm saying. Please use the SeatGeek app and we have two awesome promo codes for you. Uh, in fact, I got an email from, from John yesterday, and John said, uh, what are the SeatGeek co- codes? And he said the one for $10, because John has already, I'm assuming, used the code FANTASY, which gets you 20 bucks off your first purchase. So I told him the code is today. So he emailed me back, and he said, nailed it. So cheap, it seems unfair. And he sent me his order summary. He got two tickets to the Blue Jays-Angels game. 
and he paid a total of $11. <laughs> so that's with the discount code of today. So this is great. I mean, SeatGeek finds you amazing deals. They search multiple websites for you. They do the work. They give you a score for every ticket so you know if you're getting a good value and you know what fits your budget. So go to SeatGeek.com or better yet, download the app, put it on your phone. You can get the tickets right on your phone. And the codes are FANTASY for 20 bucks off or t- or TODAY. For 10 bucks off your first purchase. Either use the code fantasy. Oh no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Fantasy off your first purchase. 20 bucks off your first purchase. Today, get you 10 bucks off baseball tickets. You got two options there on SeatGeek. Alright, Scott, you ready for today's school themed song? Let's do it. Oh. <laughs> Alright. Got Zach Morris and AC Slater here to grade your trades. Well, let's hear the chorus. All right, cool. Uh, let's do part one. This is from Kevin in Santa Rosa. Dear Dwayne, John, Mike, and Dave. No idea. Ten team head-to-head categories. Keeper League. Give up Noah Syndergaard. Get Aaron Nola and Mitch Haniger in a keeper league. Give up Cindergard, get Nola and Haniger. Hmm, that's a pretty good return. I mean, you know, I gotta be honest. I was thinking about this just last night. I I own Cindergard at a dynasty league. He's not like his cost, his keeper cost, isn't quite face value that yet. But you know, I've I've owned him for a few years. That is getting up there. Okay. I've considered making a deal like this just because I'm so tired of Cinderguard missing these stretches of the season. It's pretty annoying. It's pretty annoying. Yeah. Especially this and one. If he's, he was supposed to be back like two weeks ago to face the Yankees. Like, if you're keeping him on equal terms with Nola, there's no keeper cost applied. I mean, obviously that makes it a little closer. But I I, I actually do think I prefer the Nola Hanniger side. I'll give it a B-. minus. Okay. Uh, B minus for, for that trade. And Dwayne, John, Mike, and Dave appear to be San Francisco Giants broadcasters. This is Brando from South Dakota. Dear Eddie, Robbie, Max, and Ryan. I know them. Eddie, Robbie, Max, and Ryan, Scott. Are those, uh, twins? Twinkies. Outfielders? Yeah. 10 team mixed league, six keepers. Give up Bumgarner. Get Clevenger and Alex Wood. Give up Bumgarner, get Clevenger and Alex Wood. I don't nope. think it's quite enough. I feel like Bad. the guy bought low on the other guy bought low on Bumgarner here. Not terrible, but it's C minus merging on a D plus. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> Toilet flushing sound effect. Alright, from Brandon. Seven by seven categories league with innings and quality starts and OBP and extra base hits. Give up Gene Segura and Ozzy Albies. I have Daniel Murphy at second base. Give up Segura and Albies. Get Trey Turner and Bumgarner. Segura and Albies for Turner and Bumgarner. <laughs> this is a good yeah, one. Yeah, I mean Turner's one. the best player. Bumgarner um, might be the second best player. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. It's pretty close. This is an A minus. Yeah, I mean, Segura and Albies are both top fifty players. I'll give it a B plus. Yeah, C minus sounds uh, good. No, what did you say? Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he won this trade. He won so it. Um, B. Okay, all right. We'll just settle on a B. That's fine. 
This is from Jay from Brooklyn. Dear Will, Kevin, Matt, and Robbie. Mm, I feel like I should know that. Will, Kevin, Matt, and Robbie. Those also, there have been notable giants with those names. Hmm. Uh, Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, Matt Williams, and Robbie hmm. Thompson. I, think, I guess they all played together. I think this might be Devil Rays. I don't know. You think? Uh, I don't think that at all. <laughs> I don't. Grade the trade, 12-team keeper league, head-to-head categories. All right, it's a big one here. Give up. Oh, these are two different trades. Sorry. All right, trade number one. Give up Josh Donaldson and Kyle Schwarber. Get Alex Bregman. Donaldson and Schwarber for Bregman. That is good. I like that. That is a B+. plus. Second trade, give up Rizzo and Suarez. Rizzo and Eugenio Suarez get Paul Goldschmidt. That's too much. Yeah. Goldschmidt and Rizzo aren't that far apart. In fact, two weeks ago I had Rizzo ahead of Goldschmidt. I give that a – that's that's like a D. I still think you should have Rizzo ahead of Goldschmidt. Nah, I changed it. Because Goldschmidt is still not running and still has a bad home park. So why is he better than yeah. Rizzo? They're both going to – they're both going to hit like the same. Rizzo's probably going to hit a few more home runs. Now I now I understand Rizzo is the one who needs to make up ground and probably will. And but will, Goldschmidt will. Goldschmidt has been the number two second baseman in fantasy now, behind Freeman. Um, or at least he has some points. It may be a different in categories, but I can't imagine it that different. I think people I don't know realize, but Rizzo has more or less bounced back. I mean. He might be kind of cold recently, but I'll just give you what he's done since May 1st. I will click on that. I will scroll down, and then I will click on that. And this is how you do it on Baseball Reference, by the way. Go to Baseball Reference, go to a player's game log, and you can get uh, his stats for any period. Uh, since May 1st, 41 games, Anthony Rizzo has a 940 OPS. He's batted 293 with 10 home runs, 24 walks to 19 strikeouts. The problem is he hasn't had that, like, correction where he – overperforms to make up for bad production earlier that thing that often happens but we're not supposed to believe in uh, well he did he did have his from May 1st to May 12th Rizzo hit five home runs he had a, a 1170 OPS so let's see since let's see this after that hot streak has Rizzo cooled off May 13th to June 17th uh 862 OPS still pretty good uh, yeah, Scott, I, I don't understand that stupid argument. I mean, I, Chris, I hope you're listening out there. You often <laughs> listen when you're not on the show. But this is what happens. I mean, we know guys go through hot stretches and cold stretches. That's all, that's really all my argument is. Is that I was trying to be more subtle than this, Adam. I really did not want to open that can of worms. Players again. accumulate stats, uh, <laughs> in, in that sort of way. They go through ups, they go through downs. That's all I'm saying, baby. That's all I'm saying. Alright, thank you for grading <laughs> trades. And, Scott, I'll give you one more trade to grade. It is my trade. I traded in a 12-team head-to-head categories league Mitch Hanniger for Josh Donaldson. The Twitter folks did not like it. Give me a grade. I gave up Hanniger. I got Donaldson. Uh, I I would have to see if my latest trade chart confirms this, but I don't like it at first glance either. I would give it a – I mean, it's only like a C-, minus, but I'd rather have Hanniger, I think. Okay. There's another guy, Mitch Hanniger, since May 1st. Hasn't really been that good. I'm not sure if we're aware of that. Are you aware of that? He's been better recently, right? Yeah. yeah. He had a rough stretch at the start of May. Like, I think May as a whole was pretty bad, but I think June's gone. Yeah, June, June, yeah, June's. 
pretty good. Since May 1st, Mitch Haniger has a 739 OPS. And we've graded your trades. No, I'm in a mess. All right. Uh, that's a great theme song. really is. Javier Baez sat. He's day-to-day. Cole Calhoun is back. Jay Bruce sat with a hip issue, could go on the DL. Chris Bryan hit leadoff. Daniel Murphy did not start, but Murphy pinch hit. He had a double later in the game. Anthony Rendon has gone 17 straight games without a home run. I plan on talking about Rendon tomorrow. Roberto Ozuna's leave of absence has been extended through June 25th. Uh, safe to drop Roberto Ozuna, Scott. In all but deep leagues where there are just no saves on the waiver wire. Yeah. Travis Shaw sat with a sore wrist. The Dodgers and Cubs got rained out. They'll play a doubleheader today. Brett Gardner expected to avoid the DL. Martin Prado could return before the All-Star break. Chris Archer is going to need some rehab starts before returning. Avi Garcia is making progress, and Bradley Zimmer will have an MRI on his shoulder. Let's take a look at the bullpen. Archie Bradley got the save yesterday. Uh, he went an inning and a third, which was tied for his longest appearance since April 2nd. Are we just thinking that Boxberger was not available after uh, struggling on Sunday? I think so. I, I am a little concerned about his job security because Bradley and uh, the guy whose name I can never remember, Hirano. Hiroshi Hirano. Uh, I, uh, I might have gotten his first name wrong, but Hirano. Yeah, you, you did. There's more syllables there than that. <laughs> uh, but what yeah, they've it? both been better than Boxberger this year. Yoshihisa Yoshi, Okay, okay. I, got yeah. it. I sort of got it right. Sorry about that. Um, Hunter Strickland blew a save. Is that a situation you're monitoring? Do- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I expect Melanson to overtake Strickland at some point because I don't think Strickland has really been closer caliber. Although he's he has a good ERA, uh, the numbers don't support it. I don't know that I expect Melanson to. I, I I don't I don't know that I expect Melanson to be that good. No, I can understand that. But he's Norris, been fine so far, though, right? Uh, I think he. Got roughed up in his last appearance, but I think overall, yeah, he's been fine. Melanson. Uh, Bud Norris uh, came in in a tie game in the ninth inning on the road, which is not what you usually save your closer for. I don't know if he was facing the heart of the order, but he threw a scoreless inning, and then Matt Bowman blew the save in the tenth. And Sergio Romo was used as the closer again, but he blew it uh, at the Astros, who have now won 12 in a row. And Jonathan Holder is unowned. He's probably owned in some leagues, but not enough to even register 1% ownership. Jonathan Holder is a Yankees middle reliever. Yeah, I, I don't know how enthused I'd be, but he has thrown 22 scoreless innings since being recalled. He, he had like two or three bad appearances to start the year. He got sent to AAA. He came back shortly thereafter. And Jonathan Holder has thrown 22 innings with nine hits. And they're not scoreless. Three runs, all of them unearned. Uh, three walks, 21 strikeouts for Holder. Okay, Scott, let's talk about the Cardinals. Let's talk about the Diamondbacks and a little bit more from yesterday. Let's also talk about newsletters. You want a fast, easy way to get some awesome, uh, you know, fantasy advice and info right in your inbox. Please get the Fantasy Baseball Today newsletter. You'll get an edge on your competition. Uh, and it's got Scott and Heath's latest advice on players to add. It's going to have a link to our podcast. It's easy to subscribe. It's free. CBSSports.com slash FBT Daily. CBSSports.com slash FBT Daily. You know, one of those nice little ways to wake up in the morning. I don't actually not quite sure when it comes off the top of my head, but CBSSports.com slash FBT Daily. You get a little daily dose. All right. Good stuff. Uh, how about those confusing Cardinals? Matt Carpenter. 
Last 30 games, he's the number three first baseman in points, number seven in Roto. He is hitting 323 with eight homers. On the year, he's the 23rd best first baseman, 32nd best in Roto, 23rd in points. Been a little bit better in at second base. But on the year, he's batting 235. Actually, you look at the slash line, Scott, and um, pretty similar this year to last year. But it's been a tale of two seasons for Matt Carpenter. First 35 games, dreadful. Last 30 games, amazing. He is a confusing mm-hmm. cardinal. He is. I'm hoping this is the correction that's been more than a year in the making with the quality of contact in terms of like ideal fly ball percentage for a power hitter, but also a really good line drive percentage. Uh, his BABIP is now up to where it was last year, which is only like 275. Still room for more correction. And hopefully... Hopefully that's what's happening here because he's, he, we've been saying for a while now he should be much better than he's been. Would you rather have Matt Carpenter or Scooter Jeanette? Scooter. Okay. Daniel Murphy or Matt Carpenter? I'm going to say Daniel Murphy. Okay. Though I obviously say it with hesitation. If you did not pick up on the hesitation. I did pick up on it, and I don't blame you because he did not start yesterday. And they're, you know, they're easing him in, but he's still not running 100%. Um, okay, how about Marcelo Zuna? He is a confusing cardinal. He went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Did you know? Marcelo Zuna in late May to early to mid-June had a stretch of 13 games with only one strikeout? Now yesterday was bad, well, but yeah, I know, right? But, uh, Ozuna's been pretty good. Last 28 days, top 10 outfielder, batting 386 with seven home runs. So, just want to point something out about this hot stretch for Ozuna. 386, seven home runs in his last 28 days, top 10 outfielder, like I said. Only 12 runs scored. That is incredibly low. But also, only one double. So, you know, it's kind of babbippy. Um, good home run total. I don't know. Confusing Cardinal, Marcelo Ozuna. It, that stretch may be babbippy. He's batting 288 on the year, which is obviously good batting average. Yeah. Uh, 323 Babbitt. So it, it doesn't seem like for the year he's had good bad luck or anything. The strikeout rate is down, like you said. It's just the power is so far off from last year. And it's beginning to correct, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think it's fair to wonder if he's going to be who he was last year. But at the same time, hopefully you didn't sell low on him because things seem to be getting better. Would it be crazy to take Brandon Nimmo over Marcelo Zuna? Yeah. I mean, I guess not crazy. I don't rank them particularly close, but after the top 18 to 20 outfielders, things get uh, pretty, pretty jumbled. You have Ozuna 21, you have Hanniger 22, and Brantley 23. Now let's talk about those diabolical Diamondbacks. I don't know why I use that word. They're just started with a D. Cattell Marte. Yeah, look, uh, I saw him on the, right, so if you recall from yesterday, I saw him on the most added list. Couldn't really understand why. Heath mentioned that Chris had written something about Marte, maybe lifting the ball a little bit more. I noticed that he had been doing well lately. And I picked him up and started him in a 14 team league and he homered. So now in his last 20 games, Cattell Marte, who in his career has an OPS under 700, 13 homers in 318 games, Last 20 games, he's batting 344 with four homers, seven doubles, and three triples, five walks, eight strikeouts. He has been really good against lefties this year. 
But that hasn't, you know, only six left-handed starting pitchers in those 20 games in which he's been great. Um, yeah, are you buying Cattell Marte and are you buying Daniel Descalso? Marte is 40, 50% owned. Descalso is 41% owned. Those diabolical diamondbacks have been pretty good. Yeah, uh, Descalso has been for both the last two years, he's been surprisingly productive, especially since he doesn't have job to himself. You know? Yeah. Uh, one of, one of the players who's at bats he's cutting into actually is, is Marte. So I don't think either is in like in standard mix like somebody I'm looking to pick up. But I think they're both usable if you get in a deep enough format where obviously you have to look beyond the true full timers. Right. Okay. So Marte, um, or Zach Cozart. I know he's, uh, he's on the DL, so it's kind of stupid. Never mind. Uh, any shortstops that come to mind that you might move Marte ahead of? This is a harder exercise for me than it should be, just thinking of people's names. <laughs> at a certain position. Uh, nobody who I think would shock anybody. Uh, how about this? Marte or Profar? Profar. I'm actually becoming a Profar guy. Oh. After dismissing him for much of the season. Okay. Uh, he's been surprisingly productive as we talked about all along. Um, now he's up to, at least in points leagues, he, I mean, he's top 10 at second base. In your and, rankings or, uh, or overall? In actual production. Ah. He's outside the top 12 at shortstop, but not, but not by much. He's outscored Chris Taylor. Um, he's outscored Asdrubal Cabrera now. He's, he's been productive. Would, and you look at the numbers, and he's still batting 239. He's not on a great home run pace, but he doesn't strike out very much, first of all. And he gets a lot of extra base hits apart from home runs. I think those numbers, like the things he does wrong are more likely to improve than the things he d- does right getting worse. Okay. Because he has only a 248 habit, which explains a lot why the batting average is so low. Um, would you, and would, would you drop as Jubal Cabrera for, or Chris Taylor for Jerickson Profar? I drove as Jubal Cabrera for him, yes. I am ahead of his Jubal Cabrera now. Okay. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the rotation yesterday. Rank these five pitchers. Jacob DeGrom, Zach Granke, Garrett Cole, <clears throat> Cole, Trevor Bauer, Miles Michaelis. Jer- Jacob DeGrom, Zach Granke, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Miles Michaelis. I was taking a long look at Cole yesterday because he's been fifth in my rankings for a while now. Um, or is it fourth? Yeah, it's fifth because Verlander's ahead of him. Uh, but he has not been the same for a, a couple months now. What? His last, his last seven starts, seven straight starts, eight strikeouts or fewer, which is still like, you know, that's, that would be fine for most pitchers. But when you're talking about top five, and I actually do have that at Verlander still, he's fourth for me. We're talking about top five. I mean, that's that's not the guy who is striking out double digits routinely in the early going. Well, not everybody's Trevor uh, Bauer, Scott. Well, that's and that's he's still that's, that's fifty two strikeouts over forty four innings. Now he does have a four oh nine ERA in that stretch. The last two starts yep. have been a little rough. 
I, and obviously co- five walks in this most recent season. Yeah, yeah. This strikes me I just sort of wonder as like the ebbs and flows of a the, season. The, ad- the adjustment he made since joining the Astros' pitch selection, if the league's kind of caught up to it a little. Like, I'm not saying he's not top ten, but when you've got guys like DeGrom in here, um, I could see Cole slipping behind it. But for now, I rank Cole number one. I have DeGrom second. Then Granky, Bauer, Michaelis. Let's put Bauer ahead of Granky. What do you think? I'm just not ready to do it. I'm All right, not. Granky is and I understand. Up. Like I kind of understand why. It's I. Part of it's just because Bauer for so long was so mediocre. Yeah, I get it. And he's having a great year. He's been one of the best strikeout pitchers of baseball this year. I'm just hesitant to put that ace label on him. Which I mean, if I'm moving up up to Granky range, that's what I'm doing. I just love the the Royals, Tigers, um, and White Sox that he's going to face going forward. And Granky, like, look, Granky's got a 3.90 ERA, but he's got a 117 WHIP, 19 walks, 95 strikeouts, and 90 innings. He is another guy who right now is a home run victim, and they almost all come on the road. And yesterday he was cruising along, and he gave up back-to-back shots to Upton and Pujols. Uh, and, and he ended up giving up three runs in six and a third. Granky has given up 16 home runs, and I think 12 of them have come on the road. He has a 5.66 road ERA. He's got a 2.40 home ERA, even though his last home start was bad. Uh, it's really not a knock on Granky, but he is a, he is giving up a lot of home runs. Is that two out of three years now that that he's got a home run issue, Zach Granky? 2016 as well. I mean, he, he obviously wasn't. He didn't have a good year in 2016, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of it. Now, the home yeah. environment was much worse then than it is post-Tumidor here. Yeah, even last year he gave up 25 home runs in two, 202 and a third. The year before that he gave up 23 homers and 158 and two-thirds, so I would say that was an issue there. Uh, all right, so uh, fringy starting pitchers. I'm putting Sonny Gray here even though he's 92% owned. He got lucky. I mean, look, 16 swinging strikes or 14 on baseball reference, 16 on ESPN. It's a season high or close to it. I think he had first start he may have had, uh, first start of the year may have had that many. Um, got bailed out by Jonathan Holder because he left two on with nobody out in the sixth inning and Holder got out of the jam. This was a good, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's got a 293 road ERA. I sat Sonny Gray because I'm an idiot, I guess, and I, I thought he'd struggle in this start. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Where are you on Gray? Actually, let me speed this, it up. Let me speed it up and ask you this. Gray, Shasin, Caleb Smith, Dylan Covey, Jaime Berea, Trevor Williams, big-time start yesterday, Andrew Suarez. Gray, Shasin, Caleb Smith, Covey, Berea, Williams, Suarez. Who are your three favorites? My three favorites are Caleb Smith who still had a ton of swinging strikes yesterday, even though it wasn't a great outing. And then probably Sonny Gray second. Uh, I don't love him, but this was probably his most encouraging start of the year, just because he was getting swings and misses again, something he hadn't gotten since his first start. Right. And third, it's a distant third, but probably, probably Berea. Okay. Uh, I... Not biting much over the rest. Deep leagues: Pablo Sandoval and Eric Fetty are eight percent owned. Sandoval has a nine thirty five OPS in June. Fetty's got a high ERA, but he has faced the Yankees twice in three starts. Any interest in Sandoval or Fetty? No. 
Okay. Scott, it's team name Tuesday. Just want to let you know. So here's a Nickelback team name. Look at this photograph. Because it's such a bad song. Uh, here's another Soto name. Soto Amaretto Lime. I think that, I don't know. Okay. Alcohol or song or something. Uh, the Buckholtz yeah. Surfers. That's very good. Buckholtz Surfers. And you better, you better, you, you better, you better, you bets. Ask Chris Towers if you do not know the song. And I don't know the song. I will say this was a truly awful week of Team Name Tuesday. Now let's read some emails. FantasyBaseballCBSI.com. Uh, eight emails in four minutes, I believe we have here. This is from Jake. Current closers are Parker, Boxberger, and Familia. Are all those guys better than Soria and Felipe Vasquez? Parker, Boxberger, and Familia, are they better than Soria and Felipe Vasquez? Parker, Boxberger, and Familia are not better than... Not all of them are better than Vasquez. I'd rather have Vasquez than Parker... That's it. Okay. I'd go Boxberger, Familia, Vasquez, and then Park, and then Sorry. All right. Here's a here's a mean email from Trent in Dallas. Hey, Dumb and Dumber, aka Heath and Scott. How can I trust wow. your player? Yeah, I know. How can I trust your player rankings when I see that you both have Gaddis ranked as the number nine catcher currently behind Cervelli? Then he gives the stats over the last thirty days. I agree with you on Sanchez. I would take Sanchez over Gaddis for the remainder of the year, but I would also take Gaddis over all other catchers, with the exception of maybe Ray Almuto. After seeing these poor rankings, I chose not to even look at the other positions as I did not want your poor judgment to rub off on me. Well, Trent in Dallas, Georgia, your take is outdated. Because as of yesterday, Avin Gaddis is my number five catcher. There you go. And Cervelli's ninth. There you go. So I have, I go Sanchez, Posey, Contreras, Rio Muto, and Gaddis. And like, I understand you want to have Posey and Contreras ahead of Gaddis, but uh, track record's coming into play there. And it's like, I'm reluctant to just assume these are Gaddis's numbers rest of season. Like, this is the hottest he's been all year, but by far, he's been ridiculously hot the last couple weeks. Like, right. I don't think. I think his numbers are probably skewed a little higher. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and another more emails, Scott. We got Paul from Des Moines. Who's a better backup utility option in a Roto League? Chris Taylor or Jerickson Profar? Oh, how relevant. Love Taylor ahead. I don't, I don't have any issues with Taylor. He's fine. He hasn't been as good as last year, obviously, but he's certainly been startable. Profar has entered that mix, though. All right, and here's Tony, 12-team Roto. John Hicks or Yadier Molina, rest of season? I have Hicks one spot behind Molina. It's a close call. If you preferred Hicks, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Molina got off to a really good start. Then he went on the DL. And since coming off the DL, he's only got one home run. He's batting 275. Yeah, but yeah, right. His last two games, he's four for eight with a home run and two doubles. It was very cold before that. But He's actually raised his batting average since coming off the DL, though. It's, I honestly think it's thanks to the last two games. It may be. <laughs> Four hits and eight at-bats when you're talking about that small, um, you know, sample size does help. Uh, last year, Molina was the number four catcher in points, number two in Roto. Listen to his slash line. 273, 312, 439. This year it's 273, 311, 448. It's almost identical. Uh, here's a question from Nick. 12-team head-to-head categories league. Pick three. Profar, Eaton, 
Thames, Nimmo, and Scope. Profar, Eaton, Thames, Nimmo, Scope. Pick three. I will pick Profar. Wait, wait a second. Why did they do that? I'm not going to pick Profar first. I'm going to pick Eaton. Yeah. Then Nemo. I think I'll still go Scope over Profar, but man, he's been, he's been, he's had a rough year. And over Thames? Yeah, because Thames has the playing time issue. Okay. Uh, Hammy from Atlanta, what do you think about giving up Will Myers for Brandon Crawford? I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Yep. Myers obviously has hardly played this year, but he's on a rehab assignment now. And you get the buzz. You're not, don't do yeah. it. From George, George, what's your ideal roto format in terms of player positions, categories, and teams? Set up a roto league. I mean, I'm a traditionalist with these things. Like, I feel like that's kind of the appeal of roto because it's not my favorite structure anyway. Because teams, so many teams get left in the dust so early on that it just becomes less interesting. Um, I know, like, Tout Wars has gone to OBP instead of batting average. I get why they do that. But I just, I don't know. I kind of like tradition. I like the traditional 5x5, five 23-man five, lineup. That's... That's if I'm playing Roto, that's what I care to play. All right, honestly, like I am fine with all of that, with everything you said, except 23 man lineup. Let's just make it 22, and there is no need for two catchers. Two catchers is the worst thing that has ever happened to fantasy sports. It, it, Here's it, the thing: it's the worst, Scott. I don't. I know you've complained about that. Heath's complained about that. I will continue that. to. Like, there's no, there's no. I'm in a 24 team catcher, a uh, 24 team. Roto League with that you only uses one catcher spot and all the best players on waivers are catchers and nobody has any need for them because the catcher spots are all full. Like nobody's using a catcher in their utility spot. I actually am, as a matter of fact, I because use, some I, of the catchers I, out there are so good. Yeah, I like, use Evan Gaddison utility for what that's because worth. Because it's so uncommon to use catcher at utility, so less, much less common than any other position. I think you need that second catcher spot to balance things out in terms no, of. No, I don't um, think you need it at all. There's that like bad for most everybody, and the, the only people who it's not bad for obviously strategize to make it not bad, and who, they sacrifice something else to do that. Who cares kind what's of on waivers? Or strategy that. You way. know what, Scott? Here's what I'm going to say to you: Two catcher leagues are dumb, and you have just been regulated. Now let's move on. <laughs> The fantasy regulators are back. Oh, wait, I want to grade one trade for one of our most absolutely loyal listeners. I promised him we'd get to his trade, so we're going to do it real quick here. Um, it's David in New York City. Give He's got a lot of pitching depth. Give up Max Scherzer and Tim Anderson. Max Scherzer and Tim Anderson. Get Mookie Betts. And he said Marcus Timms, but he meant Eric Thames. They spell their last names similarly. Scherzer and Tim Anderson for Betts and Eric Thames. I think that is – I think that's pretty close to an even C. Okay. Well, now it's time for the regulators. This one is from Mark. I'm the commish of the league, and I own – and the owner of Cody Bellinger texted me informing me that he's just sick of Cody Bellinger. This <laughs> was three weeks ago before his current hot streak. So the owner asked me, 
if he could just drop Cody Ballinger. I had to do it manually because he's listed as undroppable. I told him I could do that if that's what he wanted to do, but then I offered him the opportunity to trade Bellinger to me if he wanted. He told me to make him an offer. I offered him Matt Carpenter. He accepted. A league member thinks I should have made Bellinger go to waivers or informed the entire league that the owner was looking to make a trade so everyone had a chance to bid. I make a lot of <laughs> trades, so this owner could have just been fishing for an offer, and I think I'm in right the right place in the right time. Thoughts? Also, grade the trade, LOL. <laughs> Gave up Carpenter for Bellinger. It's it's a favorable trade for you. I'll give it a B, maybe B plus. I do think it's a little shady. I'll say I'll give it a B with what's hot as Carpenter's been. What did you say? I think it's a little shady though. I think it's a little shady. I don't think it's shady. I mean, there's no precedent for announcing, hey everybody, I'm about to accept a Trade with this guy that seems too favorable. Yeah, Go but ahead he, and he, bring your other offers. I, in. Like I, is, I understand. I understand it was kind of weird circumstances because he had to go to the commissioner to get permission to drop him. So obviously, a commissioner had a leg up that way. But I, it just it it seems like what kind of precedent are you inviting there? If you say, "All right, everybody, get your best offers in for Bellinger." Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like um, he used his commissioner privileges for some unfair access. But okay, so Scott uh, says it's okay. That has been regulated. I think you're technically right. I just don't know that there's a reasonable solution for it. I, I don't should, think. I, think, you I don't put, think asking the rest of the league, "Hey guys, could you make? Could you outbid me for Bellinger?" Yeah. All right. That 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 seems unnecessary. This is from Kevin Flynn. Dear Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Um, the Yankees and Nationals game from May 15th was suspended and completed yesterday. I own Juan Soto and Sean Doolittle, who had a home run and a save. For whatever reason, my league is just completely disregarding their stats for this game. My league members find this hilarious, as I was the only one affected. And it seems especially cruel, as I have finished last in the league since I joined. Please help convince my league commissioner that this is unfair. He said, whatever Adam decides will be the final ruling. Ooh, okay. All right, this is not, first of all. Are, are you Adam? This is, I'm not Adam. <laughs> okay. Was he writing, was he addressing you specifically? He said whatever Adam decides will be the final ruling. All right. Well, here's the thing. Can I, can I go ahead and comment on yes, this? Yes, you can, Adam number two. Um, like, this is not some CVS decision not to count this. Like, it's not being counted because if you go look at the official game loans for these players, the way MLB keeps the stats, these, those stats happened on May 15th. I understand they, they happened yesterday, but technically speaking, for stat keeping purposes, they happened on May 15th. Yeah. So it would be weird to apply it to this week's game. I, okay, by the way, I apologize for Scott's audio. Like that was, that was Juan Soto. I think that'll go down in the record books as Juan Soto's first it will not. home run yesterday. It will not. I have his it will, game. It, no, it's not, it up. will not, Scott. Um, it, he did it hit won't. it technically earlier than anything, but it is, does not count as his first home run. If you look at his game log though, it is, he has a game May 15th where he went one for two with a homer, and then his next game is May 20th. I understand. Alright, here's my regulation. Are you ready? I say if you play in a season-long Roto League and you can make the stats count, make the stats count. If you play in a head-to-head format of any kind, categories or points, the stats do not count. You are screwed. I apologize, Kevin. 
All right, we're going to go overtime here. We're going to do one more regulation from Corey. Corey says, uh, first, tacos are clearly sandwiches, raisins are gross, and sushi is God's gift to this world. Okay, you are wrong on all three accounts. You've been regulated. Goodbye. No, I'll read your, I'll read your question. I agree. Um, you guys are great. Adam, you're a great host. Teeth, I love your dry humor. Scott, your insight's phenomenal. Chris, I've never disagreed with someone on so many different things than I do with you, but damn it if I don't enjoy it. All right. My Keeper League voted last year to expand our minor league slots from two to four. One of our managers, who's currently in second, had drafted Juan Soto as a prospect. However, he never added him to the N.A. slot on his roster or even picked him up when he was called up. It seems like he legitimately forgot that he drafted him. One of our other managers picked up Soto the next day after his call-up and has had him since. No one has ever mentioned anything about it being an illegal roster ad since we mostly trust each other to add our prospects when they're available and stash them in the N.A. slot. I was running through our prospects list to update it to show who would still qualify as a prospect, and that's when I came across the error. I notified the commission. We're getting ready to present this issue to the rest of the league. What are your thoughts on how this should be handled? Should the original owner who drafted Soto in our prospect draft retain ownership, or should the owner who picked up Soto and has had him since then get to keep him? Oh, that's sticky. Because I assume the guy who's picked him up since then has been using him, and results have been generated from him. I don't know how you get back. Like, if it just happened, like last week... That'd be one thing, but we're several weeks into Soto being a worthwhile fantasy contributor here. I think the guy who wasn't the guy who dropped the ball is out of luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's really a shame. You kind of deserve him, but I kind of agree with Scott and I would have to say, no, I don't think I agree with Scott. I think okay. I I think I'd give him back to the owner who drafted him if it was just an honest mistake. Well, Damn it! Sorry. Well, I'm doing what a, do you? But what do you do? Sorry, uh, I'm doing a football draft. The, and the guy, the guy I wanted just went one one pick before me. Uh, that was the reason for my damage there. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. Okay. Uh, all right, you know what, Scott? We got to end it. Scott and I disagree. I would say let let the guy who picked up Soto have the results of what Soto's done, and then give him back to the the player, the owner who originally drafted him. That's what I would say. Do what you want. And you've officially been regulated. And Scott and I are out of here. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll come back tomorrow with another edition of Fantasy Baseball Today.